0: for Life Radio, episode number 92, your hosts, Gary and Will. We're here, just us, today. What up? We're going to be doing a listener Q&A. Haven't done one of these in a while. Kind of more rapid fire.
1: Yeah, we'll just go through all of these questions. Answer these
0: questions. Go into much detail as we can, or necessary. It's kind of a broad spectrum of thingies. Yeah. Let's, I say we just jump to let's it. Jump right in. Let's get it. So we have a couple that are somewhat related to late nights.
1: Late nights. So we're gonna night. let's knock. The,
0: let's go through those first since they're somewhat related. Uh, the first one is from Jordy, also known as Jorps on Instagram. Jorts.
1: Jorps. Oh, I thought you meant like jean shorts, like I'm wearing. Mm, that'd be a good. Tag jorts. Jordan. Just jort. That's it. Jorts. You were the first one. She asks
0: training about training clients with insomnia. So there's a lot of. I don't think I'm not sure completely. What I take from is is she's wondering kind of yeah maybe the parameters how you would handle someone who's not sleeping staying yeah. up late sleep is terrible. Um, what's the you want to get the official yeah definition of insomnia I got you. and it's one of those words right where people maybe use it as like hey i'm just a night owl or i don't or maybe that you're clinically diagnosed with insomnia yeah. so
1: insomnia is a common sleep disorder that can make it hard to fall asleep hard to stay asleep or cause you to wake up too early and not be able to go back to sleep so that's real broad yeah more broad than i actually expected it to be and you
0: could really address it maybe with tons of sleep hygiene stuff which we'll do a whole episode on that yeah um but let's just take it as, hey, you have sleep apnea, you s- sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. It's like a mix of sleep apnea. And, and insomnia. And insomnia. Um, yes, struggle kind of up all night. How would we train that client? Um, yeah, so actually, in reality, we would try to address. Address the, the sleep. The insomnia. But if you're not, I mean, one simple thing is when do you train? Because um, train, do we have another question around that? about? Mm. I don't know. So now someone asked about a split. Oh, dude! Another person. We have another one. So then we have one on managing recovery with newborns because of constant lack of sleep. Okay. Then we also have why can lifting weights cause irritability and insomnia afterwards? These all roll
1: together. (laughs) Like is everyone just staying up
0: all night? I guess, man. Staring. staring We're the only
1: people with bedtimes. Um. So this this can be. We got to
0: do sleep. We got to do sleep.
1: We can do it. We'll do a sleep one next, but. So if you train too late, straight up, like, and I'm I'm the same way. This is why I have to train early. Like it it ramps you up. Like mm-hmm. your adrenaline's up. Um, your your heart rate's going to be up. Your nervous system's more excited, and that alone will just make you not sleep. Right? Mm-hmm. You're not in your your rest and recovery stage. You're the complete opposite after training. And so you know if you're training at 8 p.m and you're yeah. expecting to sleep by 10.30, it's probably just not going to happen. Because
0: gonna, you're going to get a shot of adrenaline and yeah. everything. And if you go back, we touched a little bit on our episode with Madeline on circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, yeah, like so working out late, getting that ad- adrenaline pumping, kind of when it's dark out or getting to be, it's going to kind of work against your circadian rhythm. That really rhythm, messes everything right? up. So then you factor in also, you're typically there's tons of bright lights. Uh, then if you go home and you're looking at a screen of some sort, TV, phone, computer, more bright lights, more having your brain turned on, looking at stuff that's going to kind of... Stimulate you? Stimulate, yep. So, yeah, working out just kind of falls into all those things and against our natural circadian rhythm. So then you it becomes a habit, and uh, then now habitually your circadian rhythms are jacked up. So... If you do have insomnia.
1: We can give a couple takeaways. One, like check your training time.
0: So one is, let's just take it as like, this is how I am and I, I can't fix this right now. Yeah. So what can I do? I'd try to be consistent with your schedule. So okay, if you're going to be up all night, still try to have some kind of time where you go to bed and darken things and get some sleep. So it really come down to, I would say, I would try to take the client and... Make their schedule as consistent as possible in that framework. Yep. So consistent meal times, consistent exercise time, consistent sleep time. And, and really, you could take this too. What the another question similar could be: I work night shifts. What's yeah. the best thing to do? Right. So they you have to be. You up have to all have night. a.
1: You have to have a schedule when you do that. That's so kind of yeah,
0: found. I would say. Get everything set, which is really the same, too, for someone who sleeps at night and would be up during the day. But yeah, ultimately, no, it's not ideal uh, just because we're not nocturnal. Yeah. But try to be consistent. So again, yeah, the main things, your meal times, your sleep times, your wake times, your Your exercise time. Be as consistent as possible with those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one.
0: So hopefully that helps. Now let's slide on over to it was... Tim. Timmy Tim? Mr. Tim. Tim. Uh, I don't want to
1: say his... Let's see here. We don't hmm. have to say last names if you don't want to. Just Tim. Gippert. Gipper. That's what I'm going with. All right.
0: All right, Tim. So Tim asked, why can lifting weights cause irritability and insomnia afterwards and strategies to prevent it? So kind of went over that um so it can cause insomnia if you're doing it in the evening close to bedtime again because it's gonna jack up your some cortisol mm-hmm. it's gonna jack get adrenaline pumping so yeah it just literally causes a cascade of events in our body that stimulates us um, that's
1: lo- the opposite of going to sleep basically yeah.
0: so i'm gonna assume for the most part, you're talking about, yeah. If you lift weights early, you're not going to have those problems. Or if you're having insomnia and you lift weights early in the day, it's not because of lifting yeah, weights. Yeah, it's not your problem. The cause in irritability. So that could also be um, blood blood sugar stuff. So you have working out can cause, depending on your diet, but an acute drop in blood sugar. Right. So which can make you irritable. I'm sure as people know, if yeah you have a huge meal that makes your insulin spike high, then it just tanks really low and you almost get hypoglycemic, that causes you to be irritable. hangry, right? Yep. That's, that's what's known as hangry, where people uh, eat very frequently, you're on that carbohydrate. And all of a
1: sudden you get cut off. Up and down.
0: So yeah, when you work out, it's gonna cause some of those things to happen. And that's what could cause the irritability and also the insomnia. So solution, Uh, real quick first off would be have a higher carb meal after you train and in the evening so higher carbs is going to produce help produce more serotonin in your brain which is the happy hormone it's also going going to counter that dip of of um, blood sugar blood sugar and it is anti carbs are anti-stress right so they um, help your body they're the opposite of, of uh, Cortisol cortisol. Yeah
1: That's Yeah, so they of kind of bring you down a little bit, so they're
0: going to help kind of counter that right so um, You know, and it's kind of known a lot of people going like oh Do you need to get carbs in right after you work out to refill your glycogen and people just think that you had, you had to do that Like in an hour and it's not it's more you just have like 48 yeah, hours just
1: in general like you'll probably do it if you eat But that day
0: yeah, so you don't necessarily have to rush for those reasons, but separate from that, specific to hey, let me manage any irritability or try to switch myself into um, a parasympathetic state. You know, so yeah, when we exercise, we're in that fight or flight. You want to s- turn that switch off, get into parasympathetic, rest, digest, relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do have to work out in the afternoon close to bed, I would save most of your carbs or plan to have a higher carb meal at that time. So you get the benefit of it's post workout. So it is. Going to be kind of used taken up by your muscles and it's close to bed it's going to help uh that cause that serotonin rest and digest anti-stress so that would really probably be the best simple practical Uh, i like that a lot tip for managing those those things that's probably
1: the best one i think that had the biggest impact yeah it's funny how some people do that naturally like there's some people at the gym they're like oh i I work out and I sleep so well, I just go home and eat and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that. But I think they just switch into yeah. that parasympathetic so easily compared to yep. more that, high-strung people.
0: And like we said on the first one, you know, if you do if something does get to be really routine, then there becomes a certain comfort with that. Oh, yeah. So you can kind of, yeah, fall into place somewhat. Um, so, yeah. So with those things, carbs are going to be your friend mm-hmm. in that post-workout meal and before bed. Yep. To manage that. And ultimately, if you, if you I, in an ideal world, so again, if you have control over your schedule more so, then yeah, I, I would just work out early in the day. Yeah. You know, if that's something you struggle with, like that would be step one, if you can, you know, just work out earlier, move your workout away from, from nighttime. Um, and don't be afraid of carbohydrates. No, they are a tool. You know, I always, I get pissed when you hear like, people will always be like, they're not an essential nutrient, you know, which is true. The only technically, you know, you yeah. Know, there's a few amino acids and a few fatty acids you have to have. Carbs are not essential, but they still help. Um, you know, a super active lifestyle is not essential either. We just, you know, like that's a like something we can do because of the, our current environment that we've created. And carbs can support um, that, and carbs are a tool to support high activity levels. So not just for like, oh, carbohydrates is fuel. It, it's also Hormonal responses and things like that, that it affects majorly. So keep that in mind. Then the third one on this uh, insomnia train we had from. Just the baby one. Chev. 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 My man, he, uh, I think he just had a baby, new or new, newer father, um, and he asked, which would make sense, managing recovery with newborns. New- newborns. So, constant, interrupted lack of sleep.
1: So, I mean, first and foremost, like realizing, we've talked about this before like um, with just stress, but like you can't overfill your bucket, and sometimes you have to turn your dial down with how much stress you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're dealing with. So a newborn baby's a lot, you know, like you're not sleeping. It takes up a lot more of your time. So you only have but so much to put towards training. So one thing could be just maybe turning your dial down and not, you know, if you normally train every day, well maybe train three days a week or four days a week. Um, and making sure that you're keeping that habit consistent, but you may have to do a little bit less just to ensure that you're able to recover and not overdo it basically. Like that's probably the biggest one. Um, another one is just to keep your schedule, like we just said. Like, you know, you do your best, um, you know, I've never had a baby, and I imagine that's really hard, but trying to keep somewhat of a schedule or a routine, I think is probably one of the more important things. Because if you're, you know, training three times one week, one day the next, the week after that, you don't train at all, and then you go back to three days a week, you're just not doing yourself any favors recovery-wise. W- recovery um, so trying to keep it nice and consistent I think would be the best thing. Even if you go in you get 30 minutes a day, that's way better than, you know, going for these really long workouts sporadically over time.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's a, it's a mindset thing, you know, and I know a little bit like you, you're not gonna be able to train like you were when you weren't a parent, you know, and you're gonna have to manage your intensity and you're gonna be okay with doing less. It's, it's priority. Yeah. Right. That's just the way it is. That's what, that's what we talk about all the time. That's why when you're 40 it's different than when you're 25 because of yeah. the other stressors and responsibilities we take exactly have in just life. way
1: more stuff to worry about
0: yeah so you just have to do less set uh, be okay with less baseline and just maximize that and realize yeah you may not be able to train uh, for certain levels of fitness
1: and but keeping your base level is going to be way more beneficial you know i'm sure you'll have more time as your kids get older and you know you have more freedom and they can do stuff on their own like so if you keep your base level like you're gonna be you're gonna be okay Mm -hmm. rather than just not doing anything
0: and focus on things like we talk about this all the time a lot of people put so much emphasis on the training but you know okay you may not be able to train as intense or as much as you want but managing your food intake actually takes no extra time so you can Maybe focus on that a little more. So you're getting less sleep. Well, let me be more on top of my nutrition and planning things and um, that kind of stuff, right? So, and then you f- may be able to get in actually better shape body composition wise, um, but even though you're doing less training, because you're able to kind of finagle things to focus on your nutrition more, even though you're also dealing with having to have a child right and less sleep and things like that so you know focus on what you can control manage those intensities stressors things like that uh and and again it's gonna be a mindset thing to where you have to shift and be okay with doing less
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: priorities all right then we have from david fruit and veggie requirements so um, David, he also asked a couple of weeks ago about like the fruit and veggie colors. You know, to, you know the different taste the rainbow, taste the rainbow. So I, I see where you know. I know David's like really stressing um, something. Whether you know there is some recommendation or um, just trying to be perfect with these things. So for one, I would say, look, no one really ultimately knows, right? Like. Um, And it's all context dependent. You know, think about it. These are problems trying to have some perfect amount of, say, fruit and veggie requirements that only exist because we're created this environment where we're lucky enough to you can go to the grocery store and there's, yeah, all. There's literally everything you could ever want. I mean, go to a couple other countries or parts of the country or different time periods and you you know, if you lived in a more northern climate, you may have access to zero colored fruits and veggies for eight months out of the year, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it wasn't something you even could worry about. The reality is we know that there's, um, through observational studies and things like that, that there seems to be, yeah, there's like a net positive to eating fruits and veggies, right? So it could be the fiber content and it helps you eat less of other foods. It could be the phytonutrients from some of the different colors. Um, But... Let's just say we know okay those things are probably positive. So any kind of guidelines is really just like hey, you should probably eat some of these things, but whether you have 2 or 4 or 6, it's it's probably not going to matter, right? And if you're forcing it and it's not sustainable, what does it matter?
1: Or if you're stressing about it all the time, you're mm-hmm. probably getting like more ne- negative from the the stress than you are actually eating the fruits and vegetables anyways. Yeah.
0: So really like find some you enjoy and eat them, right? Some people might like more and eat more some people might just eat some um,
1: and some people might find that it's not a whole lot of effort for them to get a wide variety and that's cool like i know the both of us don't want to buy a bunch of fresh vegetables you know every week and figure out how to fit them into a meal it's just honestly it's too much work for me and i don't feel like doing it nor would i probably consistently do it so i have my staples mm-hmm. i buy those and i'm cool with it and it may rotate you know throughout the year i'll y'all have different things yeah. and i'm I'm good with that. Yeah. It's good enough. But if you have, you know, a piece of fruit
0: and some veggies with each meal, I mean, if and if you varied them, well, there's there's six right there, so that's yeah. going to be plenty. Um, exactly. I, th- I think, believe, like the updated recommendations are like try to have five servings of either, of fruit and or veggies, right? Yeah, so, just combined. And a serving, a lot of times, you know, like half a cup of berries. That's not most people. It's eat really a, not much. A cup, right? Uh, half a cup or a cup of you know, leafy greens or something. Whereas if you made a salad, you're normally using like three cups. So it's really, if you just think of it as simple as like, have some fruit or veg with each meal, if you're eating three meals a day, that's gonna be anywhere between three to six servings. Which I would say is enough. It's gonna be fine, right? And if you want more, like it's fruit and veg, like have more. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're not Um, gonna
1: eat 12 apples. But this is where
0: it is context dependent. What if someone's under eats or they train a ton and they have very high calorie demands? Well, then you may find trying to eat six, seven, eight servings of fruit and veg makes it harder to meet your calorie demands, right? So in that context, you, you might need to eat a little less, or you could be someone who's dieting and you have to eat less calories and more fruit and veg is higher volume, lower calorie food. It's going to help you feel more full, more mm-hmm. satiated, and maybe eating a ton more is helpful. Um, so, you know, don't, again, We it's corny, but we talk about it all the time like progress not perfection so it's you Eat know some whether you whether you have five servings or three servings every day throughout your life it's
1: not going to be that's a, not going to be your difference maker yeah, but having having zero versus three like probably would be a little bit of a difference maker yeah. you know so just have some and don't stress about it
0: yeah that's it and try remember, to include remember it. things like potatoes and stuff or vegetables too
1: so yeah and they're super nutrient dense like they have a pretty good amount of nutrients in them.
0: Yeah, so find the ones you enjoy, eat eat some and live your life and live your life. And remember the biggest correlation to nutrition being healthy is that ultimately all majority of the health benefits that they know are connected to your body weight, body composition, mm-hmm. right? So You know when you go to the doctor like that's what they've learned that's what we know like an improved body composition is improved blood markers improved health markers um lower risk of diseases and cancers so a healthy diet is one that helps you maintain uh, obtain and maintain a healthy body composition so it probably does include some fruits and veggies because again Mm -hmm. they're higher in fiber this helps you manage your food intake more you know, so really that's the main goal is to try to find a diet that you enjoy is sustainable. It helps you maintain a good body composition. So whether that's three servings of fruit and veg or eight, right? Like just eat some and,
1: and be okay with and where you okay land. be okay with
0: it. Um, so hopefully that helps. Moving on. Valerie asks, out in old coastal member. Valerie McClain, yeah. out in Germany. Germany,
1: Germany, Germany.
0: She asks: Injuries. Are some people more injury prone because of lack of sleep, poor nutrition, poor recovery, etc.? Yes. Yeah. So for all of those reasons, <laughs> um, and more, which so yeah. we'll go into. So obviously, yeah, if you ha- if you have less. And all this comes down to recovery, right? So lack of sleep, poor nutrition, and she says poor, poor recovery. Yeah, these things all lend themselves to poor recovery. So realize when you are training, playing a sport, doing something active, and you, you're you breaking your body down and then has to repair and recover, come back stronger, better. But if you're always breaking yourself down, you're not completely repairing, you're
1: more You're more prone. prone. Like you're just- so to speak chipping away at yourself
0: yourself. and i was actually discussing with someone yesterday or the day before about that's why i think you see like all these injuries in high school college pro sports because now you know you there's social media so now players are like oh well they're playing their sport they're practicing for their sport and then they're training and they want to show, oh, you know, I'm training harder and, and more than everyone else. No days o- Hashtag no days off, yep. you know, and then all of a sudden you see ACLs and stuff getting torn left and right and people just aren't recovering. And 100 yeah, percent. It makes them more injury prone. Right. Yeah, so straight up. As far as what we can control, that is a bigger. And then. As you age, that's another factor we can't control. But then people do not take it into account. No. <laughs> so we age, we don't recover as well. You may be doing more or less rest, and yeah, again, so that's now you have the factor of poor sleep, poor nutrition, poor recovery, and you're older. Now you're more. Thinking you're way the more scale. likely. Now you're more injury prone. And then some people just your God-given structure and nature is going to make you injury prone, yeah. right? Like you can look at. Um, someone's wrists and elbows right and if someone has a little teeny bone structure and this could go both ways right were you looking at both of our wrists when you said that so if someone has small joints and and bones and they try to do a sport like crossfit or football or something that's higher impact you're gonna be more injury prone than someone who's more robust robust same thing though flip it look at runners right yeah so smaller bone structure things like that are gonna make you less injury prone with the sport like running, whereas then if someone's you know
1: has big joints, they're usually joints, a little bit big thicker bones, They have a little more muscle more weight.
0: They're going to be more injury prone for something like running. So another big factor in that is what's the activity, what's your natural body types and body structure, mm-hmm. and how's it going to lend itself to that. One hundred percent. You see this a lot with sports at a high level. You know, watch the Olympics and all these niche sports, and really half the battle is. How you're born? How you're born. Yeah. Like does your, you know A perfect example, people would always, especially in the 80s when we were learning a lot, you have like, a, like ballerinas or whatever. And is that who they're, oh, they're long and lean, right? Or mm-hmm. people start associating, well, stretching with being long and lean and, and kind of like the ballerina. Oh, if I do that, I'm going to get that body type. No. They're
1: literally just born that way.
0: And that body type lends itself to that activity, yes. Right. So, um, same thing. Like swimmers. Ooh, swimmers have such broad shoulders, and they're so you know
1: long and lean. And people right? think that like it makes you broad. <laughs> no. Whereas no, they're just better at it than everybody else, so they're gonna rise to the top. Yeah. S- gymnasts. Ooh.
0: At one point, they're like, gymnastics must it probably stunt your growth or whatever. And all the oh, but then people too think, oh, gymnasts, gymnastics will make you super jacked. What the reality is, like, no people who are just happen to be really short, short and, and stocky, <laughs> and muscular, naturally maybe build muscle easier, end up being the best gymnast in the world, right? So, yeah. But then if you go take someone who's six foot four and try to get them to do all that flipping stuff, it's just not going to work. Going to get hurt sooner than someone who's five foot four, right? So the taller person's more injury prone because of, of the activity and their body structure. And then if you factor in poor nutrition, poor sleep, then
1: Yeah, then it's even more factors. Exponentially
0: more factors. So you, it's really being honest with the situation and and everything. So yeah, hopefully that makes more sense. But also too, I think sometimes maybe people will run into stuff a lot and think it's their maybe it's my diet and my sleep and I can. But sometimes the reality is just like, well, what are you trying to do? What you know? What are the realities of the situation? Mm -hmm. You know. I mean that's you know how I w- would be with CrossFit. Like I I just would break. I would not Same. main I would not be able to survive that I'll type have of thing. You know? All the like my ri- do I can get down and demonstrate a push up and my wrist can go out. Like and, and to where I can't even do a push up. It's just like mm-hmm. it gives. We got right? these little So you talk about ten year old boys hour cleaning and snatching nah, day in and day out. Not and, for me. Nah. Know your limits. Um that was, so that was a good one. Let's move on.
1: Mm-mm-mm. We got two tickets to paradise.
0: Matt Skolowski, Skalowski. I'm gonna. Skalski. I'm gonna
1: assume you butchered that name.
0: <laughs>
1: What's the question? I oh, know Matt.
0: He, he reaches out, stays in touch. IG. Um, he asked how to get back to lifting after not going to the gym for a while, tips and tricks to get back at it. So this one, you know, we touched on a lot and what we'll to be a little more tough love. Yeah. Really? Just, you just gotta just get back to you it. You gotta
1: just show up. Cause part of
0: the problem is that like kind of having to ask this question and then hopefully hoping to hear some motivating answer, you're actually almost reinforcing the pattern of not ne- going. <laughs> of not going and needing motive always needing motivation to go. Yeah. Whereas the reality is just like you're not always gonna be motivated. No. So it, we use this analogy all the time. It's like it has to be like brushing your teeth. What if you miss a day or two of brushing your teeth? You don't search for otherworldly you know reasons now, obviously, brushing your teeth if you do it at home, it takes two minutes, but um
1: still it's still something you should do routinely and mm-hmm. should just be a part of your day and I think that's why it makes a good analogy so
0: I know for me, it's just having a deeper why and knowing that mm-hmm. so yeah, I know that exercise resistance training, strength training helps you age slower it helps keep keep you healthy your bones your joints, your ligaments, your muscles over the long term and there's just so many benefits that are known uh, for again long you know the duration of your life it's it just yeah it make there's no like it's not even a thought to not do it right even when i'm not motivated i'm gonna have stretches of two three months where it's just
1: yeah it's just whatever
0: going through it right and but i know this is a habit i want to do long term so when you have those deeper whys it, it just makes just like with brushing your teeth makes it a lot easier no one wants tooth decay right so you're just going to brush your teeth or a bad breath um, you know and it's think about it, it's easier when we're younger to work out because everyone associates it with looking better and everything so when you're younger it's like i want to find us you know someone to be with so you have these deeper whys. and that's and always there yeah It makes it easy so when you as we age and move on from some of those things you have to find other deep whys and yeah, it's not the, that are beyond surface motivation type things because yeah. if you rely on that it's just never going to it's not always going to be there so you have to kind of You have to have a reason
1: to do it, and then again, dude, just like get there.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, show up. Just show up. You know whether that's so. Another one is, I mean, and we just say this because this is what we see, how we see it play out. You maybe you need to invest more in it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, pay somebody. Our gym, Coastal Strength and Fitness, it's like group training. It's not the cheapest option, right? So, but we get people all the time with Planet Fitness memberships. Right. So, it, but they weren't using it. They're like, oh, I never used this. Because $10 for some people, it just. It's nothing. It's nothing. You can you, you can let that go. Now, all of a sudden, $150, $167, $200. Um, well, I'm, you're going to go. Yeah. If you're paying right? that much money, you're going to use it. And that's one of the magics to these, you know, like coastal strength and fitness and orange theory and personal training is a big part of the magic, people are more invested. And it's a threshold. Of investment a threshold of money to where you do it hmm so that's another tip or trick it's like well if you f- how much of a priority is it because if you do think it's a priority maybe you need to invest more in it and invest less somewhere else uh, and you know and find find hey these are the priorities and if you look a lot of times you can look you could look at someone's spending spending and probably pick out the things they prioritize most no, absolutely in life, right so um that would be my tip or trick, and I say that too. Is I'm always investing in learning, and I hire coaches for my workout plans when I'm not motivated. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I'm paying someone to write it, I'm gonna, I'm do, gonna it. do it. I'm gonna do it. So yeah, um,
1: I think yeah, that's a really good that's one. That's
0: Literally something that that we do as coaches ourselves, mm-hmm. and the products that we offer, we've seen over the years. Uh, the more invested people are, the better results they get. The more consistent they are. Um, point blank. That's, that's just... It stands out. Mm-hmm. So I would look to invest or, and find a deeper why. Yeah,
1: ask yourself why. Ask yourself a couple times why you want to do it. Mm. All right. What do we got?
0: Mr. Robbie V. On Instagram. Robbie V. Roberto. So, Roberto. Good question. He asks, how working out will boost your self-confidence and make a positive impact in your life? Now, this one can probably be...
1: This one's interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- I would say this is like the ultimate. I mean, this is why I started doing it. I Same. I was feeling down in the dumps and always somewhat um, small and insecure and all those things so then i start working out and you get results and you follow a plan and you see it works and you know obviously there's like outward physical things that happen like maybe yeah you're actually you have more muscle and that makes you feel more confident and and you feel like you look better and feel better and then also there's just like chemical things that go on in your brain right like yeah we've been listening a lot to the dr huberman who's a professor at neuro professor at Stanford and it's a very interesting podcast it goes into all the details of that. But yes, like this kind of stuff changes the gray matter of your brain and the way you think and the way you're wired and the to way think. you feel
1: all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, like how working out will boost your self confidence and make a positive impact in your life. Um, it does through tons of different ways. Yeah. So like we said,
1: you look better
0: neurologically. It there's literally affects how you think. Um, and then also just, yeah, how you feel, how you look, it's going to impact those things. And then knowing,
1: I think for a lot of people, knowing that they're capable is an important part of it too, you Mm -hmm. know, like, you know, for, for a lot of people, just knowing that they can do really anything they need to do physically in life. And, you know, that may be picking stuff up, playing with their kids, going for a hike and coming back and being like, I just did a hike and everybody else was dying. And I like felt like it wasn't anything. And knowing that everything that you did helped you get to that point just makes you feel able, and I think that's a big one for people, you know.
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest too, especially nowadays, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows because now the problem with is comparison, yeah, you know, uh, and social media. So maybe someone will start working out, and then they don't look how someone else looks, and you know, and they're comparing themselves, and they will actually lower their self confidence, and
1: or but, I'll never get to where they're at. Well.
0: Mm-hmm. and have a negative impact. I've even heard from people who, they maybe go to a really competitive gym, right, where all the workouts are timed and they're going to do this, or here's the workout, here's the version for people that can't do the original one. And they end up, it has negative effects because yeah. they're going to the gym they every day like, like crap. I'm not good enough, I can't do these things. And so comparison, what is it? what do they say? is like the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say, yes, it does all these things. And then the caveat to that is, do not compare yourself to others. Focus on your journey, just improving just yourself. You, um, and that is the key to the second part of the question, which is having a positive impact on your life, because um, it can't have a negative impact. Or you, if you always put all your eggs in the basket of like, you know, or you choose a sport, CrossFit, powerlifting, triathlons, and then everything starts to become time to a score, a weight, a time.
1: And then all of your, your self worth and everything's tied to your performance mm-hmm. and your time and how much weight you're doing, and that can be a real slippery slope to to get on.
0: Yeah, and a lot I know people that that happens, right? So, um, yeah, actually now that we talk it out, this it's not as obvious as, no. as as it is. So I think the key is yes, it definitely will do amazing things, but you now have to guard against. Um,
1: the influence of the rest (laughs) of the world
0: overdoing it comparisons and these kind of things um to kind of then find yourself in that positive impact place so focus on yourself Mm -hmm. focus on yourself do it again it's going to help you look better feel better move better all those things are going to have a positive impact boost your confidence um and the great thing is it's not just like a fake placebo thing going on it's legit real change in your brain your thought process how you approach things and and all that good stuff and and then also too it would normally have an impact on the ones you love like they'll see you doing these things and um, that also has a you know helping people you care about has a positive impact so then we have let's see All right, Kyle. My man, Kyle. What do you got, RNG? Kyle? K-Dub Canada. He asks, the ideal minimalist push-pull legs arms split that worked for you se- sets reps and rest periods. That's a lot of. So for one thing I'll say, like most, like, all, uh, like, so all these things don't matter everything per works. Se. I, I would want to say like what works for me it, it ultimately works for me because i enjoy it and it's sustainable um so even push pull legs arms split that's not something i even actually do much i've done it a little i just typically we do push pull legs but whether someone does push pull legs arms or upper lower or full body um if you hate it, you're not going to like it, you're not going to be consistent, it's not going to work for you. So just because it worked for me, or, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's the situation, right? Now, obviously, if someone's like a pro bodybuilder trying to max it, yeah, there's like details, but I'm not. For just, us? <laughs> yeah, to be fit for life and these things, so if that's who I'm going to talk to. Um, so yeah, so the question, ideal, minimalist, uh, pull, push, legs, arm, split, that worked for me. Um, again, like everything's worked, works, you know, it it really just comes down to what you like and minimalist. So that's, yeah, less exercises. Um, again, that's another personal thing, right? Like I prefer, some people might not like that, um, but let's, yeah, assume, okay, someone's looking for that, um, best bang for your buck. I would say, and, and again, so much of this comes down to more enjoyable, sustainable, so I prefer less exercises because there's less to like you can pour more of your energy into less and get better at less. I, I'm right? the same like way. we even see this at Coastal. If we have workouts that, you know, have too many complicated exercises, like people are going to be overwhelmed and distracted, right? And they're not so, going to
1: push on really anything.
0: Um, so the reason I would do that is because, so I'll say four, four exercises in general per workout, mm-hmm. right? So, um but sometimes if then you have little stuff, so five, but yeah, four to five is what I like personally. Um, and push, pull legs, arms, he may have seen where I was doing that at one point somewhat recently, but really that was actually a compromise of, <laughs> um, my workout partner likes mm-hmm. to work out four days a week. I prefer three. And then, so we normally would do where we do push, pull legs and rotate. Like, so it'd be like Monday when, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And we rolled through push-pull legs in those four days. But Saturday morning at the gym, it's packed. And if, like, uh, push day lands on a Saturday... There's no chance, man. It's awful. Like, everyone's, like, using all that stuff. So we added the arms in because... So we could just kind of have a day. It's like, whatever. You're going in. You're really getting a pump. Bicep, tricep stuff. Like, we don't have to stress over... Finding a bench Yeah, and, and, it's more, and it's more enjoyable, right? So it's funny, like, again, most of my decisions are not made off of 100% what is the most efficient... I, ideal. Pr- ...results producing. It's more like, at the end of the day, too, I just work out because I, I yeah, like, you enjoy, enjoy it. it. So, yeah, actually, if, you were to, if I had to answer, like, what is the ideal split f- that's worked for me, I, it would not be push-pull-legs-arms nah. because... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just a whole arm day, typically, it's just, I don't need it, right? Like, it's not going to make that big of a difference. No. So, um, for me, push-pull legs three days a week, just rotating through them um, with about four exercises focused on two sets, typically working up to a heavy all-out set with one back-off set in a 6 to 12 rep range. Perfect when i can do a weight for 12 reps on exercise i go up in weight, and then work that weight until through that range until i can eventually do it for 10 12 again um boom sticking with the same exercises for the most part because so you can get efficient at them be confident with them yeah and then just progressive progressive overload over long periods of time um and then sets reps so yeah sets like i said two per exercise really some warm-ups working up to the main top set mm-hmm. then going a little lighter backing off for a second set reps six to twelve rest periods longer for sure um three minutes i do
1: three minutes before a work set and then like i'll do like 90 seconds between warm-ups three before yeah. a
0: work and it de- you know sp- uh it depends on the exercise.
1: Ele- elevated split squats
0: four five six minutes sometimes yep. you know if i'm like heart's pumping and I'll and,
1: rest between legs as
0: well. Yeah. So tricep extensions. Sometimes yeah. You don't you need, need a, five minutes yeah, between that. So, you know, a lot of it's like, what kind like, it's how's context. your heart rate, things like that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, in general preface it by saying most of my decisions are made off of, well, what do I, uh, you know, I'll take, okay, what's optimal. And then I'll be like, well, what do I find that middle ground of what's sustainable for me? Um, so that, it's close to ideal that's worked for me as a regular dude, not great genetics, um, not awful genetics, but so yeah, push-pull legs, hitting each of those once a week, focused on progressive overload, two sets each exercise, six to 12 reps, two to four minutes rest.
1: That's it. Boom. <laughs>
0: then we have from Wit Kent. Ooh. You know her? This will be juicy whitney kent cookie savant yeah on instagram that's not her instagram name she she is a cookie savant she is what's her instagram it's like uh damn the cozy cookie jesus cozy cookie va cozy cookie she asks phone apps that you find helpful or maybe not helpful like my fitness pal weight tracker step counter things like that and so it's a great question. We could almost had done a whole episode. We could on, do a whole episode on this um, too. So even beyond just the specific things in general, here's kind of the stance with um, trackers, right? So, and we've been over this. Wasn't there a book too that talked about...
1: Yeah, it was um, uh, Brian McKenzie, I think, that had a book on, was it called Unplugged? Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: Here's one negative thing with all these trackers and technology, is it moves us further and further away from internal cues. Absolutely. Um, You become
1: so overly reliant on technology mm -hmm. that you're not checking in on yourself and how you actually feel. You're just like, the watch told me I feel this way. Yeah. And then you also have to follow through with what the watch
0: is telling you. So I know like the whoop band. So there's a whoop band or an aura ring, Mm -hmm. which tracks your HRV heart rate variability, which so it's supposed to kind of tell you, hey, how your readiness to train at a certain intensity that day. Yep. And if you can't just say, oh, this thing tells me I'm 95%, I'll, I'll, yeah, let's do that. Let's train hard today. You'll listen to it when it tells you what you want to hear. And then one day it could tell you 5%. And you're like, and you still, uh, well, I'll still do it. And you still go train hard or whatever. So that's not going to be helpful. Um, so, but then too, a lot of times if you just listen to your body, the cues it's giving you, You'll know. You know, you can listen to your digestion, to your sleep, to your mood, those kind of things, and get some answers. If you start relying on technology for everything, you lose touch of, the, of those cues. Um, that's why, so me personally, don't, the only thing I use, which so I have gone on and off and noticed a benefit in um, tracking my steps, right? But I've also at one point had like the watch and stuff gets too overwhelming too much. So I have it on my phone. Now, obviously I miss stuff if I don't always have my phone with me, but I just, what I notice if I don't, because the way my day is, a lot of computer work, I can, if I don't really do force myself to go on walks, I'll get like only 3,000 steps a day. But when I then look at my counter on my phone and see I'm only at that. It, it's a reminder. It helps me, okay, I'm gonna go out and get some steps. And it gives me just enough accountability to, for the most part, get where I wanna be. I have a goal of 10,000 and I normally end up between eight and 12. And and that's good. Now where it got in trouble was when we had that group for the gym. step challenge. (laughs) And there's always going to be people who push it into a major competition. And then I got competitive and I'm just like, I got to get 20. I got to get 25 or whatever. And you just almost lose yourself in it. And you just do
1: steps all day. It's like you're just walking all the time
0: to get a number. Then you're only getting 15 and you're feeling down. When the reality is like, wait, what did I even, you know, what was the point of this to begin with? So for me, like, then that wasn't helpful. That was a negative. So... Personally, yeah, that. Um, track calories, that can be helpful, but it, you know, it shouldn't be something someone does all the time forever. Um, me, I don't love it. I mean, so I prefer to eat the same stuff, so I only have to track it once. I kind of know where my base is at, and then I don't have to track it again unless I majorly change things. So people starting out, it's very helpful for learning.
1: Yeah, to know like how much am I actually eating mm-hmm. and how much should I eat as well, because if you have no earthly idea and you're eating... 4000 calories well we need to see where you need to be yeah i mean you need to feel what that feels like too yeah so it can be helpful it's almost like looking in a mirror when you exercise it can be helpful for you to become aware but if you become over reliant on say the mirror while you're working out it's going to detract from what you're doing and so some people are like super type A, super data-driven, and they can
0: be really good at just collecting data and knowing it's just data, mm-hmm. right? So, in uh, a lot of those people, they can use this stuff for very much benefit and very little downfall mm-hmm. because they're able to do that.
1: And they separate a lot of the emotion from it and they mm-hmm. just and act of, on the data.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, it, it becomes, mo- it becomes- Too they, much. They can't do that, right? So they end up, um, the, tr- the tracker kind of becomes like some, a chore. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, oh, I have to do this to lose weight. I have to track my calories. I have to track my steps to lose weight. So now it's almost like you hold a grudge against it. Um, You you may think like, um, yeah, again, it may overwhelm just exercise. So you start to tie all these things in with exercise and eating and just.
1: And how many calories you burn during a workout? Create a
0: disdain. Yeah. And then
1: you start thinking like, well, that wasn't enough calories. It was a bad workout. And then there's a negative connotation to something that like mm-hmm. should be a great thing, and unless you hit this astronomical number of calories burned, it was a bad thing for yeah. you, and that's not a very healthy mindset to have, so that's you know the opposite of helpful
0: yeah, so really you'll see, and similar to a lot of the other questions there's no the answers are like it depends, and maybe right Always. It's, and it's really about finding what works for you mm-hmm. again so like yeah for me now that i think about it i i track my calories but only really just to get an idea and have a base right yep. it's not something i do every day um so i yeah use my fitness pal for that um i track my steps uh but really just to keep an eye on them i don't like
1: you're obsessed over the day and be like
0: i have to you know i just kind of see oh I'm, I'm gonna need to go on more walks I right exactly and i thing. use just whatever's on my phone for that um and then i what was the other one i was thinking of crap oh i track my workouts with an app called strong mm-hmm. where i log like my top sets and things like that but i'm very good at it's just data it yeah gives me something this to is what i did to. today i don't really like lose i definitely i just i don't lose sleep over it. it's not the end of the world it's not um it's just hey data for me to over time be able to see hopefully the trend yeah. things trending where i want and yeah i am more type a i like this data like i like to look back a, 14 months ago and i can see what my workout was have an idea of how many calories mm-hmm. i was eating and what i weighed and that data is helpful and nice for me right because i'm very good at just yeah it's just data where someone else is going to drive them nuts mm-hmm. um and then some of the other things that are out there so yeah you have your calorie trackers with those, the one thing we would suggest no one doing is tracking your calories burned.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. That's, there's just it's nothing just good. It's just a dangerous A, game, it's not man. correct.
0: B, it's not... It's not worth the there's stress.
1: There's just no... There's no reason to do nothing it. Nothing good will
0: come from it. Yeah.
1: So, don't try to make up for the calories you burned with your food because mm-hmm. you're going to be juggling more things than you can imagine.
0: And then more popular, some of the newer stuff is, yeah, like the whoop bands, the aura rings, mm-hmm. and those track what's. Well, a bunch of stuff. Your sleep. Your readiness. So all these sleep trackers. Again, I do not use them because it starts to get too... Stressful. Stressful, those do for me. Um, And I don't really have trouble sleeping. So that kind of data, I feel like, would actually make my sleep worse.
1: Probably. Because now I'm like... Then you go to bed and you're like, I hope I sleep
0: well. Yeah, and then maybe (laughs) I get competitive with it, you know? Yeah. So, but if it's something where tracking that, so now you're prioritizing it. And yeah, you do then create a better sleep routine and you're prioritizing your sleep like that could be super helpful so for where so for me it's like that is not helpful
1: yeah somebody but else for someone else
0: that can be the difference maker right mm-hmm. so that neither person is right or wrong so it's understanding like and maybe experimenting and seeing for you how it goes and i've done that before in some of the early stuff that it did track your sleep and i it just was too much i yeah. was just like worried yeah stressing over it right um but yes these oar rings and Whoop bands track your sleep give you a heart rate variability score to kind of tell you your readiness for your day. So the other problem with that, which again, might not be a problem for some people, but I just like kind of having set dates to know. And this is where, honestly, a lot of the stuff is better for people with higher level goals, you know, and athletes and maybe have more flexibility mm-hmm. over, because, well, now what if it, I love working out on Mondays, right? And it sets my, my tone your week my week. So now what if my whoop band... Tells me it's like I'm down like and then not. I can't train on Monday. Well, now I'm sad because I can't train. When the reality is like, okay, well, if I was, well, maybe I need to just not, not train so intense. hard the day or two before or just manage those things. Mm-hmm. And I do do that by kind of doing the minimum effective dose. Maybe you on the side of doing a little less so that I just never enter a state of too... Of not ready. <laughs> of overwhelm. Whereas if you're pushing things you're leaning the other way. You're leaning towards overwhelm and You gotta watch that more. You have
1: more of a chance of that not ready score. Those,
0: yeah, and those can be more helpful to know, and oh, I need to take today off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also pushing those limits a little more. Uh, so, yeah, that could be where those aura rings, whoop bands are super helpful. And they, yeah, so now you're tracking your heart rate 24 seven. You're tracking your sleep every instance. You're all those things, yeah, right? Yeah, that's too
1: much. For me, mm-hmm. personally.
0: So, so yeah, between all those things, yeah, they can be good or bad, right or wrong for for an individual. Mm-hmm. I would recommend experimenting and seeing. I think they're good in a general sense because they help bring awareness, awareness, prioritizing these things a bit. But you may find hey, you need that at first, and then you don't, and maybe it becomes too over- overwhelming. There's too much. Yeah, comparing.
1: There's too yeah, much. Yeah, if data. you find that you're becoming obsessive with it, or like there's stress that's being brought on you mm-hmm. by this tracking like it's probably not a good idea but if you enjoy it and you find it super helpful and it doesn't really it doesn't bother you during your day it just you know it aids you i would say do it yeah
0: and on a general starting point i think most people benefit from like a calorie or i'm sorry a step tracker Mm -hmm. you know because we lot of people don't Yeah, just keep your
1: base because then you're getting this you know same amount of movement every day almost you know Mm -hmm. try to find a a range and just shoot for it and it'll just be a reminder like for gary to be a little more active yeah like if you're a super active person like for me like myself and like diego who you know coach during the week i'm always going to hit my steps no matter what like unless i don't go to work my steps are good you know like i yesterday hit 22,000 before noon coaching so for me like I don't really need to check in on it as long as I'm going to work.
0: Yeah. Whereas, yeah, for me, if I don't go on, purposely go on walks, it's not going to
1: happen. Yeah, and same thing, like, Whitney's the same way. If she doesn't, like, you know, if we don't go for a walk after dinner or something like that, she's probably just not going to hit her step goal. And she has to be a little more aware of that because she doesn't walk all day like I do. Mm -hmm.
0: So, I think that covers it.
1: I think that does. We got, like... Three podcast topics that we need to turn those like or three questions we need to turn into full podcast episodes. Clearly, sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? Some of the. That was the main one. Yeah, that was the main one. Let we'll me, we'll do that one. That'd be a fun one. Make sure we got them all here. Doo, doo, doo.
0: I closed it. Now I gotta. Now you
1: gotta fish through. Boom. Way to go. All right, we had fruit, veg. I
0: think that's all of them. Yeah. So great, great questions. Yeah. As always. Hopefully we'll, our answers helped. We'll do more Q and A's. More frequently, they're fun, quick hitters. Yeah. If you think of anything, hit us up. Just You can message us on Instagram or whatever. Follow us. We're, we'll post on our stories, asking for questions. Questions. Yeah. Until we meet again.
1: See ya. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.